Hello, and thanks for listening to PXP Podcast. It's a show about leadership, self-development, personal growth, and accountability. I'm your host, Jamie Yarrow. Now, you can catch our podcast on almost any platform or directly from our website at pxppodcast.com. To hear it hot off the press, check out our host on the Podbean app. If you have questions or want to hear a particular topic discussed or even want to be a guest on the show, connect with me on social and send me a message. Now, are you ready to kick off today's episode? All right, here we go. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to another episode of PXP. I'm your host, Jamie Yarrow. Today, we're going to dive into a topic that many of us tend to avoid. And if you read the title, uh, it's already been given away, but that is having tough conversations. Look, it's time to address the elephant in the room. It's time to embrace radical candor in our communication And it's time to have that conversation that you have been putting off. If my guess is correct, there are a number of you that are listening today who have been kicking the can down the road because there is a tough conversation that you need to have. You know you have got to have it sooner or later, but you just keep procrastinating. Well, I'm going to guide you today as we navigate the... Uh, realm of tough love and the art of having those difficult talks. Let me start off by saying this. The path to success is paved with open and honest and effective communication. I am a huge believer in effective communication in all aspects of your life and how important it is and how neglected it is. And we're going to spend some time talking about that today, whether you're a leader in the business world or Look, you're just trying to make it through a personal relationship. Avoiding those tough conversations only delays the inevitable. You know what's coming down the road. You know eventually you're going to have to have that conversation. And the longer that we push them aside, the more significant that issue becomes. So buckle up, folks. Uh, It's time to tackle those tough talks, and we're going to do it with some courage. So one fundamental principle that we've got to understand is that tough talks should be done in person or at least verbally, but that we should never do these tough talks over text or over email or over some other messaging format. So I want, I probably need to say that again, that all tough talks, all of these challenging conversations, they need to be done in person or at least verbally. And when I say that, I mean, it may be that if it's in a business Uh, environment and maybe you're not near that person it may be that you have to do it over the phone or you have to do it over a zoom call something like that but it needs to be done verbally there needs to be a conversation that's had and it all and that comes down in large part to tone text messages and emails and other messaging formats they lack tone and nuance and almost always that's going to lead to a misunderstanding and oftentimes some unintended consequence. And here's why that is. If we're involved in a tough talk and it's being done over a text or email type medium, we're going to almost always assume the worst tone as opposed to giving the benefit of the doubt. It's just human nature. So if you're mad at somebody and they send you an email, you're going to assume the worst tone, even if they meant it in the best possible light. 
it's, it's just the way we respond to those things. So if you've got something difficult to discuss, have the courage to, to say it face to face. It shows respect for that other person. It shows your commitment to addressing the issue head on. I mean, as plainly as I can put it, listen, if you're in a leadership role and you're trying to have a talk with someone, a tough talk with someone, and you're doing it over to text or email, you're a coward. You're weak. You need to have the courage to look that person in the eye or ha- at least at the very least have a conversation over the phone and talk about what you need to talk about so that you can do it in a manner where the tone is properly received and you can have continuous feedback throughout the conversation. And listen, I'm not talking about when you need to address a team as a whole and you've got a message that you need to share. I'm talking about having a tough conversation with an individual or and maybe not even on a team, but but maybe a personal relationship. But you got to have a tough conversation with an individual. That's the context of what I'm talking about. I want to share a concept with you from the book Radical Candor. It's written by Kim Scott, and it is a book that has deeply resonated with me. It's about being caring and direct at the same time. It's this balance between showing that you care about your team or the other person. And you know, when I talk about teams, I often talk about things in a uh, a team or corporate or, or business or work type environment, leadership type role environment. But everything that I talk about is almost always transferable to our personal lives as well. So just keep that in mind. If I'm talking about a team, I'm, I, it doesn't mean that this doesn't apply to something in your personal life either. You could take all of these concepts on, on almost everything that I talk about, and it could be applied personally as well. But the balance between showing that you care about your team and challenging them directly, that's what fosters an environment of radical candor. It's caring and being direct at the same time. Think about it. When you're too worried about being direct, you risk falling into this ruinous empathy trap. And that's where you avoid confronting the issues altogether. You know there's something that needs to be addressed, but you avoid addressing it at all. And on the other hand, being too direct without showing that you care, that can lead to what Kim Scott calls obnoxious aggression. And that's when you hurt your team's morale without providing the support that they need to improve. You know, maybe you have delivered some, some harsh news or a, a tough message, but you did it with, with zero lack of care. And that's what Kim Scott calls obnoxious aggression. And that can hurt your team's morale or hurt your friendship or hurt your relationship because you didn't provide the support to go along with that direct message that you delivered. Does that make sense? To build a strong, cohesive team, listen, we have to embrace radical candor and we got to have those tough conversations with our team members. That's part of leadership growth. I get that. And when you're a new leader, that's a tough thing to do. It doesn't come overnight. I think back to 20 years ago or 25 years ago when I was a new leader and I was in a leadership role and I had no idea about how to communicate or I didn't know about radical candor or I didn't know about addressing issues head on, but doing it with empathy and care and concern. And I'm sure that I modeled this whole thing about obnoxious aggression. Uh, I delivered a message directly, but I did not do it with support. And so I came across, I'm sure, as just a jerk. And when I do that, I'm not gaining any respect. I'm not getting any buy-in. I'm not getting any following. And so that has to be part of your method of communication. Radical candor. 
about being caring and direct at the same time. We've got to have radical candor and we've got to have tough conversations with our team members. It's not about tearing people down. It's about helping them grow and helping them thrive. Let me say that again. It's not about tearing people down. Being a leader is not about tearing people down. I know that a lot of leaders get that wrong, particularly new leaders or leaders who learned from someone who constantly tore people down. There are some specific industries that I can think of that, and I like to use this term, they will eat their own. And, and I just, when I say that, I mean that they will tear their own people up because that's just the way it's always been done. I know you've heard that saying before that we just do this because that's the way it's always been done. And oftentimes that happens in leadership training or transition from one leader to another where they just do it because that's the way it was done to them. And frankly, that's a cycle that needs to be broken. Now, I said it's not about tearing people down, but it's about helping them grow and helping them become a better version of themselves, helping them thrive. But how do we do that? Because I can talk about how important this is all day long, and I can talk about the need for talking about the elephant in the room and not kicking that can down the road. But if I don't give you any nuggets of how-to, I don't, I don't think I've really done you any justice. So let's dive into the how-to of having these tough conversations. Having the right approach can make all the difference in the world between a productive conversation versus one that leaves both parties feeling extremely frustrated. I've seen it happen both ways, and I'm sure you have too, where these conversations, they can turn out great, or they can turn out where the situation is worse than before the conversation started. So first thing is you've got to prepare yourself mentally. So be clear about the specific issues that you want to address and the outcome that you're trying to achieve. All right, so remember, this conversation is about growth and progress and not about blame or fault finding, right? Uh, We're trying to come out of this thing better on the other side and by pointing a finger and by putting blame or by trying to place fault on something, that's a hard pill for people to swallow and oftentimes they're going to get defensive about that, especially if that's the manner in which the conversation is held, right? So be specific about the issue and the outcome that you hope to achieve. Secondly, choose the right time and place. Find a setting where you both can talk without interruption or without distractions and make sure that the timing is right. You know what I'm saying? You have to allow the person to be able to process the feedback that you've been giving them and give them time for follow-up questions or discussions if they think that that's necessary. If you try to have a tough talk with someone and you're in the middle of their workspace and maybe there's coworkers around, how well do you think that's going to go over? Not well, right? Or maybe it's in the middle of their shift and you're going to give a a tough conversation. You're going to deliver some tough news. Uh, You're going to have that tough talk. And then you're going to expect them to go right back to work with zero distraction. Maybe the conversation is, is such that that can happen. But consider the message and how that outcome is going to affect that person. I'm thinking of maybe a nurse in a hospital. And you've got to pull that nurse aside to give uh, some feedback. And then you expect that nurse to go back out into delivering patient care without making any mistakes and being empathetic towards patients and coworkers and all that. 
that conversation might best be delivered at the end of their shift. So that if there is frustration or if there is some sort of reaction, that it doesn't affect their work. And that's just an example. You get where I'm going with that. Finding the right time and the right place just means being deliberate about thinking about that, right? Remember this, we praise in public, we criticize in private, right? Remember that. Write that down if you need to remember it. We praise in public, we criticize in private. That means we don't have tough conversations where we're in earshot or even in eyeshot of colleagues. You don't want to put the person on defensive because you're in the middle of a tough conversation. And even if their coworkers don't know what's being said, they know that there's some feedback being given just based on the conversation itself. So just be cognizant of that. Find a setting where you both can talk privately without interruptions or distractions. All right. Thirdly, start the conversation off with empathy. Put yourselves in their shoes and approach that conversation with care and with understanding and with respect. You've got to be respectful for their feelings and their perspective. There's a book called The Trillion Dollar Coach, and it's about Bill Campbell. And I won't go deep into that book, but he was a leadership business coach for a a multitude of Silicon Valley execs and a phenomenal, phenomenal book, top three, probably top one. It's probably my, my favorite book ever. But in that book, Bill Campbell talks about always giving respect to the other person, even in situations where you have to deliver harsh news or even if you have to terminate someone. He tells a story about talking to Ben Horowitz, who is one of the founders of Andreessen Horowitz, a venture capital firm, and Ben had to fire somebody, had to terminate somebody. And Bill Campbell said, you can't let him keep his job, but you can let him keep his dignity. And Bill Campbell was huge about respecting people's feelings uh, and understanding, you know, putting yourself in their shoes. So lead with empathy. Okay, number four on the list, use I statements instead of you statements. So when you're sharing your observations or your feelings about the situation, the the topic of the discussion, avoid accusatory language. And and here's what I mean. Say things like, I noticed that this task was not complete on time, or I felt concerned about the impact it had on the project, versus saying something like, you didn't complete your task on time. The meaning is the same, but it tends to put them on less of the defense. It's less accusatory when you use those I statements versus the you statements. And listen, the message is the same, but you're allowing that conversation to be uh, less aggressive, if that makes sense. Uh, Number five, actively listen. All right, give the other person a chance to share their side of the story, and here's the kicker, without interrupting them. So when you listen, it not only shows that you respect Uh, what the other person is trying to say, but you truly are trying to gain a deeper understanding for their perspective. How many times have you been talking to someone and you get done talking and they immediately go into something which perfectly illustrates that they did not listen to you? Perhaps they were doing a one-up statement, you know, where you told a story, they told one that was a little better, uh, whatever it was, but you know, hey, they did not listen to a word I said, or you're talking, you're trying to illustrate your point of view, And they want to stop and interrupt you and not listen to you. 
when you do this, it shows them that A, you don't respect what they're trying to say, and B, you don't really care about getting a deeper understanding of their perspective. So give them the opportunity to talk. And while they're talking, actively listen, maybe take notes so that you can then formulate an opinion, formulate a response that's based on the things that they said. Actively listening is a huge area that we underestimate or that we we don't give enough attention to when it comes to solid communication skills. I really want you to hone in on this one and, and pay particular attention to trying to actively listen. And it's really not just confined to these tough talks. We should always be actively listening, right? All right. Lastly, I want you to focus on solutions. All right. Probably there's been a problem or you wouldn't be having a tough talk. So instead of dwelling on the problem, all right, we've established that there's a problem. We've, we've briefly talked about those details. Maybe there's no question about that, but now it's time to work together to find a resolution or a plan to try to fix the problem or create some level of improvement. So this collaborative approach, it helps to foster a sense of ownership and accountability with the person that you're having the tough talk with. Ideally, isn't that what you want? You want the person to take ownership of the issue and you want them to take accountability for the issue. Ideally, that's the perfect scenario. So when we engage them in the problem solving or in the improvement process, that's exactly what we're doing is we're helping them or we're allowing them or we're fostering a sense of ownership and accountability. Look, I gave you six things. Let's go back over those really quickly. So first, we're going to prepare ourselves mentally. Secondly, we're going to choose the right time and the place. Third, we're going to lead with empathy. Fourth, try to use I statements instead of you statements. Fifth, we're going to spend some time actively listening. And then six, and lastly, we're going to focus on a solution together. So if you follow these steps, and I know it takes time, it takes practice, and sometimes they're not in that order, and sometimes you can't do all those things. But just in general, if you can incorporate some of these things, you're going to create an environment of trust, number one, which is big time when we're trying to have a conversation, a tough conversation. We're going to create a spirit of openness because that's important, transparency, openness, that is going to allow for these tough conversations or these, this radical candor to become an opportunity to grow and an opportunity for some positive change. And that's what we're looking for, right? When you've got that how-to knowledge, you're going to be better equipped to have these tough talks, these tough conversations. And that's going to lead to uh, an overall uh, better team effectiveness or better team relationships. You've heard me talk about it before. Communication is literally the lifeblood of an organization or a relationship for that matter. And without it, think of all the assumptions or the misunderstandings, the unresolved conflicts that that can, you just keep kicking down the road. If the communication is poor and you all have worked in a place, you've been in a place, you've volunteered, you've served, you've been in relationships where communication was just lacking. Maybe you're in a place like that right now. And, and think about all the assumptions and the misunderstandings that take place. Think about all the conflicts that get unresolved. Or think about the dissatisfaction that you might have in your role because of 
a lack of communication. All right, leaders, I'm going to step on your toes for a second. It's your responsibility to set the tone and to create an environment where open communication is encouraged. It's your job to set that piece of culture. Leaders, you are responsible for setting the example, for modeling the behavior of transparent, candid conversations, radical candor. It's up to you. You can't expect your employees or your team members, whatever you want to call them, you can't expect the other people in relationships. You can't expect these conversations to take place if you're not modeling that behavior. If you're at the, if you're at the top of the, the organizational chart and you can't have open, honest communication, if you can't have radical candor in your conversations, then how do you expect your team will? And without open, honest communication, your team's culture, the organization, the relationships within the team, they're going to continue to lack. And you're never going to reach a level of success or a level of potential that might exist if you don't fix these communication issues. Remember what I said earlier, praise in public, criticize in private. When you acknowledge your team members' achievements and their hard work publicly, and that doesn't always mean, you know, in a big, large group of people, everybody's different. Everybody wants to be praised different. Some people want a pat on the back. Some people want a company-wide memo to go out, you know, and, and everywhere in between. Some people just a thank you is fine. is A passing in the hallway and, and you tell them thank you, that's fine. But we always want to criticize in private. Unless there's some sort of a safety issue that is urgent that needs to be addressed on the spot, I can't really think of many other scenarios where criticism should be done in public. And that even really isn't criticism. You may be bringing up an issue that's urgent, but you can do it without criticizing. But try to keep pr- criticism private as much as possible. You're not only going to boost their confidence of the person who you're talking to, but also think about the effect that it has on everyone else. When colleagues or coworkers see someone getting criticized in public, they know that that's a possibility for them too. And nobody likes that. So uh, when it's time for constructive criticism, take the person aside, away from prying eyes or listening ears, and you can help to uh, preserve their dignity and and the conversation. Listen, the conversation is going to be infinitely more receptive when they can let down their guard uh, when there's not p- other people around. Okay. Today we're talking about elephants in the room, and I dare say we've all been there. There's big issues that everybody knows exists, but nobody wants to talk about. Well, listen, folks, it's time to address them. Leaders. Be the leader who will tackle the uncomfortable conversations. By addressing that elephant in the room, you're going to give your team permission to discuss what matters. You're going to start that open dialogue, that candid conversation, so that issues get talked about and they get resolved. There is no benefit in leaving an issue unresolved in kicking that can down the road. When we practice this radical candor and we have these tough talks, it not only strengthens our leadership, but it also deepens our relationships. It's about being authentic, about being vulnerable, and about embracing tough love when it's needed. How much more respect do you have for a leader that will be honest with you 
that will be truthful with you, even if the message does sting a little bit. You have an infinite more respect, right? But what about the leader who won't address an issue that everybody knows about? There's an elephant in the room, and that leader will not address it. How do you feel about that leader? You don't have as much respect, right? Versus that one that will tackle that tough conversation. Hey, even if you're on the receiving end of it. I've always said this. People can hear anything that you have to tell them as long as it's the truth, right? People can hear anything that you have to tell them as long as it's the truth. I want to challenge you today. I want you to lean into those tough conversations in both your personal and your professional life. I want you to have the courage to address the issues head on. And then I want you to see the transformation that it brings to your team and to your own growth as a leader. I think you're going to be amazed at how much different people will perceive you as a leader or even how it makes you feel about yourself as a leader, how it boosts your own confidence. Well, that's about all the time I've got for today. Thank you for joining me on uh, today's journey of radical candor and embracing tough conversations. Remember, we've got to be caring and direct at the same time, but it's time to step up and be the leader that your team needs. Thanks for listening to this episode of PXP. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button, the like button, whatever you have on the player that you're listening to. And do me a huge favor. Hit that share button and share it with your five best friends. Because chances are, if you like it, they're going to like it too. Most of all, I hope that something that was said today helps you to become a better version of yourself. I'm Jamie Yarrow, and I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. 